Hey there, welcome back to Science Fiction. My name is Salim Soderwala, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host and friend, Carl Eames. Carl, how are you tonight? I'm doing all right. A little restless, but we're going to have a a nice chat about uh, some Black Panther tonight, so I'm pretty excited. Yeah, uh, it should be a good uh, show. We have uh, mostly focused on that. Nothing um, other big stuff going on. I, we just have a couple of fast flicks, but those won't take too long. Um, but uh, anything new happening with you other than uh, watching Black Panther? You know what? I did. Um, I didn't read any comic books, but I, it's been so long because I'm, I'm still very well behind. Um, I kind of treated myself to watching um, this long video on YouTube. From the you know guy I usually watch comic book stuff on, uh, covering the Avengers versus X Men versus Eternals comic that came out like a year or so ago. Mm-hmm. Um, me not wanting to you know keep up with it as it went came out because I thought I was going to at least buy it or read it. Or, actually, it was kind of still feeling the burnout from all the, the event fatigue, but um, I thought I'd check it out just to see what happened, just because I had no idea. I completely blocked it out and holy crap dude that they, they went pretty crazy in that story it was like outstanding just from the coverage that the guy had um i may read it one day but uh in general there was a lot of crazy stuff that happened in that story um at the same time it's still one of those stories where all this crazy stuff and everything's changed and uh, you know, so many characters die and yada yada yada, and then it all gets reset, and technically nothing really happened. Like there was very little random ramifications. It's one of those. So, um, you know, and it needed to be considering as many characters that did die and all the stuff that happened. Uh, mm-hmm. There would basically be no characters left in Marvel if they just let it sit um, the way it was. But uh, it was still pretty crazy to, for them to go as hard as they did. And I wasn't expecting that. I thought it was just going to be another kind of cash grab sort of event. Uh, and technically, I guess, like I said, it reset to everything the way it was before. So, yeah, it kind of is still that. But um, at the end of the day, it was still pretty entertaining. Cool. Uh, yeah, nothing. Uh, I haven't read any comics in a while. I mean... I was brushing up on like random stuff, reading about uh, Namar, uh, stuff like that, but nothing, nothing too in depth. Just read a couple of random ones. Obviously, he's one of like the original three. Uh, we'll get into that eventually, but he's obviously one of the original three Marvel. Uh, original like guys like with the storyline and everything like i think it's like him captain america and like the original human torch uh that was like the android robot one not the johnny storm one mm-hmm. um so yeah uh just doing stuff like that for the most part but nothing nothing too uh crazy or different for me either uh, outside of this those little things um but yeah, let's let's get into our show. I know we want to get into Black Panther and we want to have a nice dialogue and conversation about that. So let's get these fast flicks out of the way really quick. 
All right, so first fast, uh, fast flick. I keep uh, getting tongue-tied there with the L. Uh, this is the second week I've done that. <laughs> but uh, the first fast flick is Dave. Uh, uh, James Gunn. Huh? I don't know David Gunn. I don't know why. Uh, James Gunn posted a t- picture on Twitter teasing that this character will be appearing in the DCEU universe. Um, that is Mr. Terrific is the character's name. Um, he's supposed to be like the smartest man in the world in the DC universe. Um, he doesn't, so his, his, his character doesn't have like, like, so the person is, is Michael Holt is the, the person like that's dressed like that. Uh, he doesn't have any like superpowers, but he uses these like spheres uh, that like they're like technology that he's invented, and that essentially he uses uh, to be a, a superhero, essentially. Um, and obviously, again, he's the, the smartest man in the DC universe. And um, oh, those are sorry, not the smartest. He's the I think he's he's in the top three. I think he might not be the smartest. He's in the top three smartest people in the world in the world. So he uses like his uh, obviously his brains and the tech that he invented and um, ability to do all these things to fight crime essentially. Um, yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I know uh, obviously he's not like a super well known character uh, outside. If you're like a comic book fan, I would imagine you'd probably never really heard of him. Uh, I, he was actually a funny thing. He was on uh, the Arrowverse. He was he they they had him on the Arrowverse. Um, I don't know if you remember that or knew that. No, I never uh, watched Arrow, so I'm not or yeah. any of the Arrowverse stuff. But uh, in general, I think that's what's interesting about them. Uh, James Gunn, in particular, tweet making this tweet. Again, it was just the picture. There were no words. It's not really saying anything definitive, but it does imply that they're going to be working on something most likely, you know, cinematic movie with Mr. Terrific uh, at the forefront of it. And I I think that's really awesome because he is, like you said, a very uh, not, I mean, he's like a deep cut character for what it's worth within DC. Like when you think the DC, you think Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, and then Flash and a couple others. He is not an immediate character that you would think of. But uh, and, and personally, I don't again, I, I don't really read DC, so I don't know a ton about him. I've only really known about him more recently uh, when I watched uh, the Injustice movie, the animated movie on um, HBO Max, maybe a month or so ago, which uh, we were we were talking and discussing whether or not uh we should talk about those uh, animated DC movies on, on a future uh, podcast here. So we'll, we'll mm-hmm. consider that at some point. I still have to get caught up on those, but yeah. And that movie did exactly what you're saying. He's very in- incredibly intelligent and had, um, had the technology to, they were in prison and they bust out of this underwater prison using his technology. And, uh, they also use his technology for some other stuff, 
that won't spoil Injustice movie for you, but uh, yeah, he's incredibly, incredibly smart, and uh, I look forward to seeing what they do with this character, because again, he's a very deep cut. Um, I don't know how many, like, you know, if he's going to be on a team, if it's just like a solo sort of thing, but it'd be interesting to see what James Gunn um, is planning on doing with this character, because I think he... You know, and the little bit I know, I say, yeah, he's pretty cool. But I mean, I don't expect him to be punching Superman or Black Adam or anything like that. No. So, no. Uh, how interesting can they make him? Uh, what's what's the sell, basically, other than him looking cool? What's right. what is the reason that I want to go see this movie? So we'll 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 see. Right. Um. It, it kind of makes me think of like how they Peacemaker, like you know, a character no one really heard of. Um. And obviously they fleshed it out and James Gunn was able to essentially turn that character into this like really popular enough character on, on in the cinema world that they uh, that they were able to make a show, right? So, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. That's like kind of how MCU is done where they've taken a lot of smaller characters that not a lot of people heard of. And for the most part, like they've done pretty well. Um, like making like movies and or shows or whatever uh, centered around these characters. So it makes sense to do that with the DCEU as well. Like obviously you have your big hitters there, but if you really want to flesh out and, and create a, a nice little universe, it makes sense to bring in other characters like this as well. Um, and yeah, it'll be interesting. Like I said, you know, uh, it's just a teaser for now. Uh, obviously, probably not anywhere near ready to like even like think of casting or anything. Who the hell knows? Um, but yeah, it should be interesting for sure. Uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, good to go. All right. So, final fast flick we have uh, now. It's just reported uh, by someone that's generally been pretty good with having industry insider, but they said that uh, Marvel Born Again will reportedly be rated TVMA when it hits Disney Plus in 2024. So somebody on Twitter, like a fan or whatever, asked, is Daredevil going to be TVMA? And that insider, they asked the inside, uh, insider that's generally very knowledgeable and has a lot of info on on a lot of, th- of these things, uh, Daniel Richmond, uh and he he essentially replied one word saying likely um and obviously people remember the former series on netflix tipped the it was like gritty you know a lot more realistic depiction violence the physical the emotional how emotional the show was um so people are kind of excited that it could potentially be your fans in general excited that it could potentially be back to that sense and that sense um i don't know how much it'll be exactly in that realm um because obviously just the tvma it could, it could be pretty broad like uh, have you ever you ever seen i know i've talked about this show before but have you ever seen any episode of supernatural like even like, like nope. a, a scene a, um, just a glimpse of a scene or anything, nothing like that. Okay, so that's technically TVMA because it's a very, it's a very, it's like a violent show, right? Um, it's not, it's it's for it's generally for a mature, a more mature audience. Um, 
So I, I could see them doing something like that, maybe like not as like bloody and um completely like uh graphic, maybe. But yeah, I could probably see something like that. But yeah, what what are your thoughts on that? Like, especially with how he was in and, and obviously in, in She Hulk, it was more of a light, lighter tone to show. Uh so obviously, you know, when you do characters that are generally more darker go in a lighter tone show, they're not gonna be dark there. They're gonna be fitting to the the TV series or with the show that they're on. But yeah, what are your thoughts on on this potential news? Well, uh, it could be, I mean, if you look at Moon Knight, how they approached that, and even uh, Werewolf by Night, um, I would definitely say that those were like skirting the line of mature um, and PG-13 or whatever. Yeah, I think the official rating for Moon Knight was TV uh, 14 or something. Or 16, I think, TV 16. Something like that. So those yeah, are definitely yeah. skirting the line because, like I said, and and when we talked about them with Werewolf by Night, it had blood and and killing, and people were getting mm-hmm. burnt up, but it was in black and white, so it doesn't look nearly as violent or as gruesome. And then with Moon Knight, they had those cutaway scenes, so there was implied violence. Uh, you know, him going back and forth between personalities and stuff. Um, so it wasn't as quite as uh, visually violent as something like the daredevil series had been and punisher um so i think just you know if if there was a, a meter and this is where moon knight is and the werewolf by night here and maybe daredevil goes a little here and then here's netflix daredevil over here so they they could be somewhere in between there i don't think they're going to go all the way um and do that with daredevil and, and be like netflix daredevil um, be like Netflix, Jessica Jones, and 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 so on. But uh, it'll definitely be, at least from what it sounds like, it'll be closer to that, and then and not so much like an Avengers movie or uh, Spider Man or something like that. So we'll see. Yeah, like I said, you know, um, it would be it would be very interesting if they went completely like that route. The Netflix route because it'd be so different, um, but we'll find out. Like obviously they've, as you mentioned, you know they've gotten a little darker in Phase Four, um, so I don't know if that's like a slow buildup to what's mm-hmm. coming, or if it's just kind of a, you know, well this is how we're gonna go. Like the darkest will go, and then anything coming that's supposed to be dark. Obviously not counting Deadpool because Deadpool is supposed to be pretty on theme with the first two movies, but um, they're kind of, you know, doing that slow buildup of how, like, you know, graphic and violent and things that they'll go, uh, or like I said, or they're just kind of portraying that this is what we're going to do, how our, how violent we'll get for the most part. So, yeah, it'll be interesting. And, like, ideally, you know, I, like I said, um, as, and again, with Supernatural as a fan of that show, like how that was portrayed like a TVMA, if it's something like that, I think it could it could work out really well. Like, you know, there's some blood, but not a lot. Like, and there's some, mm-hmm. like, this violence and stuff in, in there. But it, it does it enough where you can at least – it's still a network TV show. So it's, like, it's not like they get to a point where it's, like, you know, 
like we can't even air this on regular because like it was on CW, for example. So um obviously you just had the warning of that, you know, beware when you watch it. This is for a little more mature audiences. But yeah, um, I think they could definitely pull that off. But any other final thoughts as we get into our main feature? That'll be it. All right, so we have Black Panther. So Carl and I did go see that. Um, we're probably going to be giving away spoilers. So if you haven't watched Black Panther yet, uh, which will be surprising because apparently a lot of people already have because like the box offices are going nuts, um, <laughs> setting records uh, already. Um, I think this is there's this is supposedly like I think they're projecting this to be like top like one of the top five ever grossing films or something like that. I don't know. That's what I was reading. Like they were projecting that much uh, of it to be successful or something. But yeah, uh, it's been out, so we're gonna talk about that. Um, and before we get into our thoughts on Black Panther, we do have the official trailer just to kind of get us started uh, and a feel for the uh, movie discussion. This trailer is not the official trailer, actually. This is just uh, oh, just this not. is this is uh, because I I just like to see things different, you know, show or show something that we haven't shown already. Oh, okay. Um, but this is just a, a, a short little trailer, um, just a fun little one. It's kind of like a TV spot, oh, okay. but we'll just go ahead and get going there. I need to know if Wakanda is alive. You can come and find out. Black Panther Wakanda Forever. Ready PG 13. All right, so that is. the little short that uh, Carl found. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's get into our conversation about the movie. I'll let you lead off. What were your thoughts on the movie uh, as far as everything was concerned? All right. So uh, as we discussed, uh, there will be spoilers uh, in this discussion, but we're probably not going to get to those right away. Um, in general, uh, I thought this movie was a really great movie, um, and it was, it was, uh, tasteful, uh, it was like the first thing that came to mind, uh, when watching it because of, you know, again, all of the situation, which most of us are well aware of, like with, with Chadwick Boseman's passing and, uh, you know, that basically the character of T'Challa not, being uh, recast, not being in this movie technically, um, it was like I said, it was it was very tasteful. Like Ryan Coogler, the director, the writer of the movie as well. Um, you know, he knows what situation this is. He's he's not tone deaf, and mm-hmm. you know, he's he's front lines. He's there. He he know he not only he knows Chadwick. He, I'm sure he's close enough to say that he was a friend of Chadwick, and. Uh, you know everyone else there, being Lupita and Angela Bassett and and uh, Letitia and everyone involved. Like everyone was very close, it was very close in that uh, group there. So they lost a friend, and I felt like this approach uh, with 
the writing and the direction of the movie, the direction of uh, all the different characters involved. Um, like I said, it was very tasteful. It could have been, it could have done a whole lot of things and gone a whole bunch of different directions. And I felt that it had so much going for it um, with both respects to T'Challa, respects to Chadwick, and as well as developing uh, characters like Shuri, developing Okoye, developing Namor, and, and introducing that aspect without it being uh, super disrespectful uh, or, uh, like I said, tone deaf. It, it wasn't that. And, and uh, I felt like it, it especially at the beginning, because it felt like, at least to me, because you know, 99% of the people in the world did not get an opportunity to go to Chadwick Boseman's funeral. And it felt like, right. you know, beginning of the movie, you know, we have, you know, we see Chadwick Boseman, but technically it's T'Challa, but it's still like it's Chadwick, you know, and we're we're here to, you know, mourn the loss of a great actor. We're, we're mourning with, within the universe and mourning the loss of this character, you know, their friends, their family and, and things like that. And we get an opportunity to. Uh, to kind of like collectively grieve, I mean, you know, we already did technically when he actually passed, but now we can do this for T'Challa, and now we can come together and do it together for T'Challa as well as Chadwick. And you know, this it was just our opportunity to do that, and then they did it again so tastefully, um, and with their the way they handle funerals within Wakanda, it, it wasn't a mourning. Like they do mourn, they do get sad, they are losing friends and family, but clearly it was more of a celebration of life, given you know the white is as opposed to black, all of the dancing and the singing and so on. Like we're going to celebrate everything and all of their accomplishments to celebrate their life, and then we all get to sit in our seats and, and watch and even partake if you really wanted to. Um and, and remember, reminisce and think about all the good things, think about everything that T'Challa did, everything that Chadwick did. Uh, so, yeah, like I said, it was very, I felt it was very tasteful uh, in that regard and uh, a very important sting because even we need to move on like Ramonda did, um, burning the the clothing, the white cloth that they had, um, which, you know, a year later, she didn't even do it right away. She waited a year to, to burn it. And to uh, to so she can move on, but Shuri did not do that. So um, that's a whole nother thing. But yeah, like I said, collectively, just being able to do that as a fan base um, and to do it where like it's okay, you know, you know, feel the way you feel, um, mourn the way you want to, but we are going to, you know, praise our, our, our brother T'Challa, our brother Chadwick, and so on. So, yeah, I was really, very, very happy with how they opened up the movie, despite it being a very sad subject. Um, as far as the rest of the movie goes, so, yeah, I think it was really, really good. Like, it was really handled very well. Um, I enjoyed a lot of, of Namor, of the Lacan um, in general. I enjoyed the rest of um, 
all of the supporting characters, Namora and Natuma. I enjoyed them a lot. Um, I enjoyed the back and forth between Okoye and Natuma. I enjoyed the um, even Riri Williams, who was a character that I was definitely had low expectations on, be just because of comic book version is not really. Uh, not a lot of people's cup of tea, we'll just say. And for even for me, like I'm not super crazy about Riri. Kind of, I just kind of like the imagery that she brings to the comic books. But I don't necessarily care for the character. She's not bad. She's not good. She's just kind of there. Uh, but in the, this movie, you can kind of say the same thing. I can totally see someone uh, feeling that way that she was just the insert, or you know, she's not introduced in you know you know black panther comic books and she's an iron man why is she here like if that's how you feel whatever but um obviously there's no more iron man so where else would you put her in i think this is a good spot um with respect to the original source material and yeah we'll we'll we'll, we'll get into that later on but in general i, I enjoyed the character enough um and it was also just fun because she speaks like american like everyone else is speaking uh, with a wakandan uh accent so so on so when she talks it was like oh wait <laughs> i wasn't ready for that you know sort of thing uh but yeah there, there's so much uh good that goes on in here and uh yeah i really enjoyed the movie i i, I still it's a little early for me to say like do i like it more than the original um I'm not there yet. The original Black Panther is my favorite movie of all time. Um, I don't know if I'm there to say that this one's better or that is I like it more. And, and I'm not even saying that the original Black Panther, what Black Panther is, is the best movie. It's just my favorite one. Just to clear that up, just for it's not the best, not the best MCU movie at all. But it's just my favorite MCU movie. And then this movie is. I don't know how I feel about that. It's just been a little too early. I'm not ready to to give it that kind of ranking. But uh, I'll let you go ahead and 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 share your thoughts, Celine. Yeah, like you know, I was excited about seeing this, and I, I think my excitement level is a little higher than yours. Um, I think you were just kind of like weren't weren't sure about what to expect, but um, I was pretty excited, and I was excited mostly because of uh, Namor, but. You know, I, I, I like you. I thought this movie was handled really well. Uh, it's it's super long, but you know, when you look at it, it's like you know they couldn't really cut anything out because, like, they had to show respect to Chadwick Brosnan. They had to, um, you know, incorporate. And I did like the fact, against spoiler, that they incorporated like his real life situation, the his passing, the way he passed uh, mm -hmm. into the movie. Like they didn't just create a different reason that he passed away um they actually used what happened to chadwick in real life mm -hmm. obviously didn't say i don't think they actually said cancer i can't remember no but they did say like a disease that affected him um and that slowly that he was and then they mentioned in, in, in particular that he was fighting in in silence mm -hmm. uh, that he did not want anyone to know about um and uh <clears throat> excuse me um and you know he, the grief that they kind of show like uh shuri shows when she's like you know i couldn't help him like i feel like and there's people that felt that same way right i couldn't help him um to have that situation 
So like, you know, that was really like, you know, fitting. And it, it was like kind of seeing that you get emotional uh, watching that type of stuff happening. Um, to your point about Shuri, I know you and I had like concerns about Shuri eventually taking over as Black Panther. And like, you know, we really don't know a lot about her. She's just been kind of like a side character introduced as like a kind of a like you know uh, t'challa's geeky little sister not, not really any you know like substance to her more than that um this movie does a great job of adding a lot of like substance to her like a lot of you know fleshing out a character more giving her more or um a personality in a sense um obviously her whole thing is she's she is very science first um and she doesn't fall into like the to traditions of what's happening in Wakanda and the things that happen and this the spiritual side of um the ancestors and all that stuff she's not a believer in that stuff uh so they that truly you know it's, uh, a, a big part of her as a character uh, and the importance of the build up to her becoming eventually the back black panther uh, taking that mantle uh, up uh that was important i loved how much we got we got more okoye like um denai guerrero is, is such a great actor and we needed to see more of her um i, I thought she's you got to see her be um you know more of a character out there in general um obviously uh winston duke it'll be interesting to see what happens with him uh, the way the movie ended, we'll, we'll, I'm sure we'll talk about that a little bit later, uh, just to kind of speculate on it, um, what the, that could mean for him. Uh, obviously, uh, Tanok Hurta, I think in my best, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name correctly, um, but he played obviously Namar. Um, he absolutely killed it. Like I thought he was like, like this is a really really great. Villain, like you know, I you know, it's funny. Ryan Coogler, like he, the both the villains have probably been the best villains in MCU. I think, right? Uh, Killmonger and then um, two at least up there. Like not necessarily say they're the one and two best villains in 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 MCU so far, but they're right. They're right up there. Like as far as like the ones that really stick out and like the storyline, um, everything about them, like. They're bad for sure. Like they're more like the things that they do are bad, but you kind of feel as um, they're not like a black. It's not like a black and white thing, right? It's it's you feel that like, understand their reasoning, you kind of as as why they're the way they are. Um, it's not like I said. It's not just like oh, you're just a bad guy, and there's no reason for you to be this way at all. Uh, in that sense. So, and I do want to get more into Namar uh, later as we get into the show, uh, compared him to like the comic book, because he's very, very different um, in here than what he was in the comics. And um, and I think that like, as someone that isn't like a big comic book, Namar, I'm a fan of Namar in the comics, like I didn't read a lot about him. I just know a little bits and pieces of him uh, from the comics. Um, so I can't really say like, you know, if like I think it, it was great, like what we saw on screen, but I can't really say like if they improved on it or if they 
if if it they would have been better to do like the other route. I don't know. I, I can't really say on that. Um, but I, I I think personally, just based off of the way this character was in the movie and the actor, uh, how he portrayed it, I think he absolutely like the 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 role and. Um, he was probably one of the most memorable things about the movie. Um, so yeah, I, I, I like that. I really enjoyed it. I can't. I'm still like so. I think I want to say this is probably my second best favorite movie in the Phase Four. Um, I would still have No Way Home, and maybe that's just my bias more so, just because again I'm a huge Spidey guy. So um, I'm um, I'm probably leaning towards no way home just not leaning but like just saying I, no way home is my favorite still um i would say probably this is my second favorite and then uh multiverse of madness being my third uh but yeah this it was good and like lo looking at the some summation of phase four it's like a lot of grief like every every like set like move from wandavision to obviously no way home um to various other parts of phase four, there's been people like really dealing with grief and how to how they overcome their grief and fight through that. And, you know, so it's been it's, that's been a big I feel like a big part of phase four, uh, how to how to manage and, and come to terms with the grief part. But yeah, I, like I said, overall, um, I, I, I really enjoyed the movie. And um, I, like, you know, there's people that said it was predictable. Um, like, there's certain parts certainly predictable but like i still think it was set up really well um like there's there's other parts that are not predictable like we'll talk about i'm um, sure as we get into more of this discussion but yeah I, I felt like overall like i said like that didn't i didn't i didn't think like that so so-called predictability was a problem for me like you could go through any movie really and be like, "Oh, that was that was predictable." Of course, that was going to happen, um, you know, or whatever. You know, you could you could always critique anything in that realm. I feel like, but to me, like I just thought this was this was really well done um, overall, and I think the general reviews for this movie are are, are fitting. Um, uh, both uh, over the overall reviews that we're seeing, uh, I feel like they're pretty, they're well done, and I think they're fitting to what this the movie ended up being. Um, do you want to get more into specifics now about certain uh, parts of the movie? Yeah, sure. Uh, so in general, uh, I do want to talk a little bit more about, um, like I said, uh, we we can talk with Koye, right? right now I, I think that's okay to start off with okay um like i said uh i really enjoyed her development in this movie and um particularly her her kind of duel with uh atuma going back and forth like she took out three of the tolokan by herself and then atuma and her go at it and i love that like in particular with Atuma in general, I love that he wasn't some dishonorable, like he wasn't a villain. Like he's, he's not in the comic books. He's like, you know, not a huge villain, but he's just a villain. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but here he was actually an honorable warrior because he's right. got 
like he had a, a koya on the ropes her weapon was out of her hands and he waited for her to get up and then he kicked over her spear so she can pick it up herself because he really wanted to fight her fairly and fight her because he enjoyed the fight that much like it's right. like he hadn't been challenged in so long and here i am here's this true warrior fighting me i can best her but i'm not going to stab her in the back i'm not going to break her weapon i'm not going to use her weapon on her i'm not going to uh uh you know while she has her back turned you know i'm not going to throw dirt in her face i'm going to fight her fairly and i'm going to beat her because mm-hmm. she's she deserves my respect sort of thing and i enjoyed that a ton even though the character himself didn't do so much, that was pretty much like the defining thing he did in this movie was the back and forth with Okoye. But it also just develops Okoye too, because it, it again proves she's not only she's number one, you know, Dora Milaje for a reason. She is their best fighter. Um, she is, you know, very smart and very capable uh, on on the battlefield. She knows what she's doing out there, but also like the development of, yeah, you are also the, uh, you disobey orders from Romanda. She said, don't bring Shuri. She brought Shuri. Uh, you lost Shuri then, uh, you know, you were there and for all of these failures, you know, especially going back to the first movie where T'Challa and uh, Killmonger go at it and, he loses, but you didn't defend T'Challa. You didn't go with Ramonda and T'Challa when they went to the Jabari tribe. You didn't, you stayed in the capital. You stayed in Wakanda and you served Killmonger. He was the enemy. He was the outsider. You kind of betrayed the queen and betrayed the T'Challa, the, the king, by staying in Wakanda. Like, you kind of tell, was tallying as much as good as she was doing. She was also tallying up this list with Ramonda of like, you're on my hit list right now. And then she gets fired. And that was, that came out of nowhere that that's not predictable. That that's one of the things where you're saying predictable. That's one of those things that was not predictable for right. me. I was like, Whoa, she got fired. That's some character development. Can't wait to see what happens now. Right. Uh, because yeah, that's kind of a big deal. She was number one Dora Milaje. She called all the shots and she just got she just got fired. Um, so I was super into that part of uh of her story. And um yeah, she does redeem herself a little bit in the end, but you know, technically, you know, with again spoilers, uh with Ramonda passing away, um and then uh Shuri taking up throne who's i guess technically the queen as well um does it mean she's reinstated does it not matter was like because there wasn't really like a period where at least not shown on on camera where ramonda named a replacement for okoye so um maybe there was one maybe there wasn't yet because i think it's hinted that uh, aneka is because she's wearing this the, the stuff that there was like a gold or something that Okoye wears mm-hmm. that trans- transferred to the, the leader after if she's not the leader. So I think she was, there's was something that she was wearing um, that you saw. Uh, so now she's now the leader of the Dora Majar, I think. Uh, 
I believe yeah. that's what they're setting it up as. Yeah, either way, it's um, it's up to Shuri now to make that decision. So uh, whether or not uh, Koye will get that role back or just sits back because she's, you know, not, she wasn't even in the Dora Milaje at all when she got fired. So like she was just completely ousted. So mm-hmm. um, she still very much wants to serve Wakanda, but uh, we'll see how that develops. And yeah, it, that's just uh, another thing. Any else uh, you want to put on Okoye? No, yeah, like you, like that part. Yeah, definitely, I agree with you. Was not predictable seeing like, um, her basically begging for her for an opportunity to do the you know to redeem herself and um, kind of getting sh- shut down and saying, "No, you're done." Like I want you, essentially, and and that obviously emphasis of her throwing the spear down in that manner was to show that she was giving up her, her, her title. Um, and that part, you know, they kind of explain like, so they, they talk, mention past, not as passing, but like it's relevant enough for them to mention um, the, the absence of um, Wakabi. That's her husband, obviously from, from the first movie, He's he's the one, uh, Daniel Kaluuya, played by Daniel Kaluuya, who takes Killmonger's side. And obviously one of the elders mentions, like, she took, she's took a sword again, or she took a spear again up to her or her own husband. Um, we, we owe her that much. And obviously then Ramonda, uh, Angela Bassett's character is like, no, I, you know, she, explaining the things that she did wrong and how how she's lost everything so she doesn't get um she doesn't get that um that one you know you know excuse or whatever uh but they kind of show like you know he's in he's in prison now i guess so uh that's this explained his absence in the movie um i would say originally like i don't know that was just written in because um, because uh, Daniel Kaluuya was, was filming um, Nope during the time, so just he couldn't fit uh, uh, Wakanda Forever into his schedule. So uh, th- that's like the original reason, the real reason he's not in this movie. But I don't know if they just kind of wrote that in to make make it work in a sense. So, uh, but that yeah, that was you know. That scene is probably like one of the best scenes in the movie as a whole. Like that whole when they're in the uh, what what's that place called? Like the the throne place, whatever the room that is. Sure. Uh, that's probably one of the best scenes in general for Okoye, and you really see the emotion behind her uh, character there. Yeah, and uh, like you're saying uh, with Ramonda's like speech or whatever. Um, she was basically saying Okoye can go see her husband anytime she wants to, but that's when she didn't said, I lost my entire family. Mm-hmm. That, Cause at that point, 
she Sherry was there, she didn't know yeah. Sherry volunteered to go to Tolokan, but right. Sherry was gone and then Jachala and Jachaka have passed, so she didn't have anyone around. So um that's where that line came from. But uh speaking of Ramonda, yeah, like I um that's I another character she, that yeah, they, they really fleshed out because in the first one she just kind of like She's just a mother figure and that not really any, she just has maybe one or two lines and she just like not much there, but yeah, this movie it really fleshed her out. Yeah. I enjoyed her a ton and um, I thought she won. She looked amazing. She had a lot of great looks. Um, her, she was ripped. Like she, she's very like, I mean, Angela Bassett's always been pretty fit, but just seeing all of that, uh, muscle on her shoulders and arms and stuff like that. I was like, Ramonda, she's no slouch, right? But I mean, technically, it's just Angela Bassett, but still, like, yeah, <laughs> she, 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 she always looks like that, but it just makes her look more powerful. It looks like she could have been a Black Panther at some point, but just her performance in general was excellent. Um, she did just did a great job. Like I felt her presence, especially at this beginning part of the movie when she's in front of these world leaders and was like, yeah, she's handling her business. Like she's not mm-hmm. just some weeping queen. She's not, uh, uh, you know, she's sure she's lost her, her husband and her son, but she is literally handling business. She's running Wakanda and, and, and doing, what Wakanda needs and uh you know seeing like again the beginning of the movie with uh the whole infiltration part with uh, all of those I don't know Navy SEALs or whatever uh thinking that they can get in. I think they were uh, French something or another like because they they were uh what are French specialists or whatever. Yeah yeah whatever the military units mm-hmm. but just uh, that was just a fun scene again. Great stuff for Rwanda, and um, yeah, like, did, again, it was basically, Angela killed it. Yeah, it was basically her uh, fuck around and find out. <laughs> moment. Basically, like, yeah, <laughs> for the most part. Yeah, yeah. She, she basically told that you had fuck around and find out. <laughs> so that was, uh, yeah, that was really good for sure. Yeah, the uh, I wasn't expecting. I mean. I, I suppose I can, ex- you know, it, it, that was relatively expected that they were going to offer in this movie as well. Um, but that was something, I guess, and like, I don't know about you when you went to go see it, but when I saw it, uh, there was an audible, like, sigh and crying um, out, out kind of outrage a little bit when she passed away. Because uh, they kind of did a, a couple of fakes like that throughout the movie, where it, at least for me and my perspective, where it, it seemed like, oh, they're going to kill um, Ramonda in this scene. Oh, she's going to die in this scene. Oh, okay, no, it's not going to happen. Oh, they're going to kill off uh, Maku in this scene. Oh, wait, no, he didn't die. Well, he's going to die here. Oh, wait, no, he didn't die. And they kind of, if, if it felt like, like again, when uh, Namor punched Mbaku, I thought he punched a hole in his chest. I yeah. thought he was going to die. Um, you know, I thought there was quite a few scenes like that. So when she, when Ramonda actually died, people uh, really was weeping and uh, upset, a little, little sad, and uh, especially because they had the, the coffin and all that stuff engraved with her image on there too. Uh, so it was just like extra sad. But yeah, that one was somewhat expected. I, I, I can see them, you know, 
kind of putting a, a finality to like this T'Challa story, like the whole family, as well as building up Shuri. Like she doesn't have, you know, she doesn't have the liberty to be a little kid anymore. Uh, she can't have, you know, her, you know, her mother, her brother, her father are all gone and all through tragedy and she needs to step up and be more mature and, and take on these responsibilities of being, you know, the, the leader of Wakanda as well as black Panther and, and just figuring out and navigating this situation with Namor. Uh, no one else is going to do it. You know, it's in your hands now. So uh, if Ramonda had lived, then it would have been Ramonda's responsibility, you know, it would have been her to get rid of Namor. It would have been her that had to, you know, figure, you know, something out. But um, this allowed Shuri to say, okay, I have to get this heart shaper. I have to figure this out. We have to get the Black Panther back. I have to protect Wakanda because no one else is. So it was important that she passed away as well, even though regardless how sad it was. Right, uh, for sure. Um, like, so, honestly, I was a little surprised when she passed away. I was like, oh, wow, they actually, like, they're going all in. They're not, you know, they're, they're, the the loss in this movie is not just, I mean, obviously, Shuri, they show she's still not over her brother's passing a year. I mean, not that you ever get over family passing away, but, like, she has never even, she hasn't even, like, really... Um, like she talks about how when she thinks about her brother's passing, she wants to she wants to burn the world down, right? So she hasn't even like even really sat down to like grasp that her brother's passed away. She just she kind of just like always ignores that uh, those thoughts in her head. Like she just doesn't want to think about it. Um, so to have her mom die while she's still not even. Like forget like grieving about her brother. She's not even she hasn't even grieved her brother's loss. She's just kind of like avoiding the grieving process for her brother's loss. Um, and then obviously her mom passes away. So that's like that's major to me. Um, and that was kind of surprising in that sense, in my opinion. But yeah, I thought uh, yeah, I thought Angela Bassett again like you know the character. She we didn't know a lot about her uh, and from the first movie. Um, and this movie, obviously, you see more of her, um, of her, like, her, um, how do I say it, of her more, like, her, how strong she is, like, how, like, she, she is the queen of Wakanda, and, you know, she decides to, uh, she, she's not afraid to do what is, what's necessary and, and, and so forth. So yeah, it was, it was really well done there. Um, did you want to get into a name or now or yeah, whatever you want to discuss. Yeah. So I, I wanted to get into name I mean, like, like I was super excited about his character, just like not, not from the comic because the comic, like I said, I didn't know a lot about. Um, and obviously he's one of the original, like of the golden age, Marvel, comic book characters um i guess as i mentioned early in the show he's he was 
you know, he's a classic anti-hero at a staple of the Marvel comics uh, that was like created back in 1939. Um, and he was like amongst like Captain Originals as one of the uh, original creations, like along with like Captain America and uh, the original Human Torch. Um, so, you know, he, he's, he's an old character and what he is in the comics and what they did with the MCU is a lot different. Like we've already talked about that ad nauseum, obviously bunch of different things I wanted to mention about the differences. Um, so obviously he, and, and, and he's, uh, in the MCU. So in the, in the comics, he's like his features. He, I don't know if he has a, like technically a race technically obviously he's atlantean and i, I would say his features are probably more like elf like uh, not to say they're not elf like here because he does have the elf ears but um but in general like when you think of like elves elves in the um in the mystic realm or in a mystic sense in a sense uh they kind of have those like you know with the eyes the way they are uh like kind of like more like an almond shaped if you will um like he, I think he has like, like I said, more elf-like features in the comics. But obviously, in here, he's a person of color, and they they go with the Mayan, uh, Mesoamerican descent, uh, essentially, that they go with. And yeah, I, I thought, like I said, that was really cool. I, I loved, I love the, the change up of of that sense. Um, I thought that was pretty cool. Of of the Mayan background and uh, changing and things like that. Um, and he wears, like, his, he's a lot more, um, he stands out more in here in general, like his outfit is like, he's a lot more, he wears a lot more like bling, if you will. Uh, for the most part in the comics, he's, he's, uh, he's he wears a basically a, a, a scaly green swim trunks. He's not really like wearing a bunch of things. Um, I think the the two things that are similar in the comic and here is that his ears are pointy and they both they also have the wings on the legs or on the feet. Sorry, I should say. Like, I think those are like the really the only two things that were similar. Um, or obviously, then he also he uh, obviously the, he's the king or whatever of prince of the under of the uh, city and in, in, in the uh, in the sea. Um, obviously, in the comics, it's Atlantis, but in Wakanda Forever, it's uh, Tolkien. Um, so yeah, he that that's a that's one difference. Like like his feet, the his the way he's presented, he's just wearing a lot more. And obviously, the second one I just mentioned, another another one that I mentioned, the Atlantis versus the Tolkien, that's different. Um, and I'm, I'm imagining one of the reasons that they did the change up is because of Aquaman. Uh, they didn't want to just like you know. Do what DC already did, and just you know do like, hey, we we already did this Atlantis, and um, so now people are gonna think we're copying you guys. Uh, so let's let's change it up. Let's do something else. And I know everyone. I know there's a lot of call for diversity in in in, in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and it was a good opportunity for them to that to to make this character more diverse than you know. What he's depicted in the comics and in general to add more diversity into the MCU as well. So, like you see that um, it's it's more towards the the Mayan Aztec mythology, 
Um, he he's I think so. Like yeah, the, in that sense, he's you see those changes there. Um, I think he's more like community minded in this movie than he is in the comics. He's what? More, like more community minded in the sense like of of his under like of telecon as okay. opposed to like for him it's about like preserving uh his his city and his people and keeping them away from the humans whereas whereas in the comics like obviously he wants to you know he hates the surface world just the way um he does in the movies but is he's always trying to go in and wage war against the surface world. Like in here, he's like, no, we don't want to be part of that. We want to keep ourselves a secret from them because we don't want them coming here. Um, well, he was like that at the beginning of the movie, but at the end of the movie, he was very much wanting to wage war on the surface. Well, world. yeah, he wanted to, but it was more so like, um, yeah, I mean, he kind of wanted to set. He wants to get that eventually at to a point, but he still doesn't want anyone to know yet that Talcon is there. Like he still wants that secret there until he's ready to, you know, attack or whatever, if you will. But that well, he, well, yeah, well, like for the most part, he ended with like, Shuri showing him mercy, but. And, and this is one of the things I actually uh, was uh, enjoying about Namora is that she was challenging uh, Namor because he was like, why did you like, why aren't we attacking? Like, why aren't we, you know, going back and fighting anymore? Why are you being friendly with Wakanda? And she's and he's like, yeah, like she showed me mercy. So I kind of, you know, basically I kind of owe her one. But at the same time, she's at a point where. Everyone wants vibranium. Everybody thinks that Wakanda's weak. You don't have a king. You don't have a queen. Uh, and, and people are going to attack and they don't, you, you're not friends or allies with anyone else. And either they're going to attack Wakanda and you're going to have to fight it all by yourself, or eventually you're going to come and ask for our help because we have vibranium and we can help you. And we are, you know, when the world comes to attack Wakanda, Tolo Khan will also, you know, we, we either will sit there and watch Wakanda burn or you're going to ask for our help and we'll fight the world with you. Right. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's fair. Um, the another another difference here is they they do they, they add the, the mutant inception into the storyline. Um, in the comics, he is like born half human. Um, so like his mom is of Atlantean descent. She's like the queen of Atlantis or uh, and the ruler of Atlantis. So she is a different species. Um, and her her his father is a captain, a sea captain um, and from America. and he's so he's half human, half uh, half uh, Atlantean or mermaid, mermanian or whatever you want to call it. Atlantean. Sure Atlantean. There's something they call something merm something, mer people or whatever. They, there's something like that that he's supposed to be half of. 
Um, so that that mutant thing is something that they're adding in. Um, and obviously they're gonna, I guess, you know, um put him in as a mutant in, in the MCU. Um and but obviously in MCU he gets his powers from the plant of uh, the same plant that the Panthers get their uh powers from that because she his mom they show him his mother taking the drink and because of that he comes out you know mutated it, it changes him um but, but for some reason he's like the only person that can really breathe on land um he can he he does he's not succumb to only having to be underwater because you, you see like other other characters like um Oops. atuma uh-huh. they have like that and namora they have that uh, they have that little water thing to help them breathe the apparatus. They, they can't breathe without that thing on land. So they have that little thing on their face. Uh, but he doesn't have to. Now, he does need water eventually. Like, they kind of figure out, like, they kind of show, like, in the movie that, um, like, they try to understand his physiology. And they figure out, find out, like, his, his skin can breathe, like, breathe underwater somehow. Like he doesn't have gills, but like his skin somehow was able to uh, do. Excuse me, do that. Uh, so yeah, that's one thing. Um, another thing in the comics, he's you know we we talked about the Illuminati from the Multiverse of Madness. Obviously, um, he in the comics he's actually one of the members of the Illuminati. Uh, and I think there was a rumor that you know the one of the empty seats um, was this is kind of like an Easter egg that that's supposed to be his of eight and of, of that universe uh, eight what was that eight one eight i think universe, so I can't remember. but that that's like a, a, a easter egg thing like that's supposed to be uh of his one of his uh multi-universe selves uh namors uh it's supposed to be uh, the illuminati there so but yeah the comics he's an illuminati um and they also i think so obviously they haven't really gotten into it and maybe they will more so, but I, th- I do think uh, reading about it, uh, the N- Namor and uh, Namor, Namor and the comics is a lot, has more powers, um, more abilities. Like he, he has like more enhanced strength, ambitious adaption. He's telepathic uh, to communicate with sea life. Um, he has like he has all those powers and they show that in mcu but uh he also has ability in the in the comics to be able to uh um kind of wield like the the animals to his his will and and be able to control them more so um like he i think there's like there's stuff where he like he can like take electric eels and wield them at their electric power and stuff like that. Um, so maybe they'll get into that more so uh, eventually once the when they show the character again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the Vibranian thing is also different. Um, they they don't really have, uh, there's like there's like a precious metal, I think they talk about for Atlantis, but it's not Vibranium. Um, but obviously MCU is very Vibranium focused as a as a whole universe so uh it makes sense to have a vibranium included in here uh but yeah overall um 
really great uh, the character um the other other one obviously the nickname is more uh, godly they have him being more of a depicted more as a god in here than uh than just being a prince because obviously what they end up calling him um is what kakulakan um it's the uh, winged serpent god uh so that's what the, the his people see him as more of a god and obviously mbaku kind of mentions that like you know if we kill him you know this isn't this isn't going to be good this is going to be like we're killing their god and if we kill their god there's going to be endless war with this you know with this very powerful uh, race of people that you know that we don't know how to beat <laughs> so um so like they kind of mentioned that but yeah um like i said i just thought i, I thought the actor did a great job with it i thought the changes um like a, even though i don't know a lot in depth in the comics i do feel like this was like they, they did really well um and like i just think he's one of the most like he's probably one of the most badass characters in mcu right now but he's up there like as a like in when you consider all the characters that they've introduced um he's really cool in my opinion um what are your more thoughts fleshed out thoughts on Namar? uh one i really uh going back to uh his name uh i liked although it didn't necessarily make sense they just kind of uh just threw it in there for what you know to explain why they call him namor uh, but it, the, just like the spanish person just saying uh, you are a child without love like okay yeah amor means love in spanish and the end would be no so no love and he's a child, child without love, nay more. So that's what that means. And I was like, oh, well, okay, that works for me. That, that someone was thinking outside of the box because that's definitely not what they, why they call him Namor no. from the comics. You know, I, I don't know why they call him Namor the Submariner. Like, I'd have to actually look that up. But yeah, I mean, his name and he's is not, just yeah. Namor. Yeah, and he's not the Submariner in, in MCU. He's a, of course, yeah. Yeah. But um, you know, his birth name in the comics is Namor McKenzie. Um, but in general, like them giving him this lore name, I actually kind of enjoyed that, even though they had no I no reason to do it. Um, but going back to it, I believe this would be, although not technically the first MCU mutant, but the first one on screen. That first person on screen to say the word mutant uh, would be Namor, because in even the Multiverse of Madness, Doc, uh, Professor Xavier was his mutant self, but he never said mutant the word, and he came from a different universe. Uh, and then bef after that, MCU would be the first one, uh, Miss Marvel, and being the first mutant in the MCU, you know, being referenced, but. Namor is already said that you know he's he's basically lived like what when when it was like the 1400s or the 1500s yeah, 15, something like that when he was born yeah, so yeah. canonically when they came and yeah so canonically within the MCU he's currently the first mutant we'll see if that sticks in a few years from now if when other characters apocalypse. are introduced <laughs> apocalypse or Celine uh we'll see 
how that goes. I doubt they'll even have Selene in the MCU, but we'll see. Um, but yeah, right now he's the first mutant in, in the MCU. So right now we'll have to figure out, uh, are they going to, uh, build from him and, like, and go outward that way and, uh, say, yeah, he's, you know, cause again, um, it, I, I don't think he has kids, so I wouldn't say that he would have more kids that cause more mutants, so I don't think it's going to be him. I think it's just kind of more of a coincidental he was the first one that mm-hmm. is technical, but that's why I don't understand why he's saying that word when he's been underwater for several you know, hundred years. Who's telling him what a mutant is? Like, Who's telling him that he is a mutant, right? Like, why does he have this mm-hmm. term in his head and he's using it? So that's kind of the the weird thing about that. Um, that being said, I know you've said several times uh, as we were talking about Eternals uh, uh, how the mutants can be introduced in the MCU. Remember when I was mentioning earlier, uh, right before we started talking about Black Panther, how I read or watched this video on... Uh, the Eternals versus the X-Men versus Avengers. Mm-hmm. So um, your basis on what you think the mutants can do or are going to be introduced may not be the way that you think necessarily is going to happen in MCU because in the comics, in that comic specifically, they changed the backstory of how Eternals and mutants and deviants work in the comics in that particular comic so everything's different now uh so they changed it to where that they said that mutants are were originally came to be because of crossbreeding between deviants and humans some basically you know some there was just some breeding and the deviant gene got placed into humans, and that deviant gene is the X gene. And that's how mutants came to be within Marvel Comics. That is a brand new thing that they just did in that story in particular. So it, it's different. They basically retconned mutants in Marvel Comics. Why do they do that? Probably because they're going to introduce mutants that way. Uh, possibly. Don't you know speculation? Mutants uh, that way within the MCU, um, so we could see Eternal movies and and more references to the Eternals and Deviants within the MCU, and then have more mutants that way. But again, very interesting that they're considering Namor right now as the first mutant with his Tolokan history. Um, so I found that interesting. Well, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how. A deviant would breed with them eternal because deviants are were humans, kind of, not de- de- well, even that and humans as with a deviant because deviants were kind of presented as this animal looking thing, so right. But <laughs> aren't mutants again? The one of the things uh, are you familiar with Krakoa and what's going on with uh House of X and, and X Men right now? No, no. Um, okay, so really quickly, the mutants all live together. Every mutant, all of them, for what it's worth, like maybe 95% of them, live on the island of Krakoa, which is a mutant island, a living island. But mm-hmm. it is only, uh, they all live there, and they have gates set up 
on the island that no human or any you know basically no human can pass through these gates only mutants can pass through the gates because they have to have the x gene in them if they you know they try bonk they, they're not going to get in deviants in this story they needed to call extra help because uh, humans are the uh, the eternals not the what was it, eternals yeah the deviants in Eternals were fighting and killing a bunch of mutants and they needed to call some extra help. So they called other deviants that weren't uh, fighting against them. And the deviants were allowed on the Island, which was implying that the X gene is coming from a deviants. So basically deviants are just the ancestors of mutants is what they're trying to say by allowing them onto the Island. They, they, they were able to pass through the gates. Now, when you look at, deviants yeah they look like monsters but so do mutants it's not all of them not cyclops and not gene but certainly beast and nightcrawler and rock slide and any of the other beasts like you know the morlocks and all of those things they look like that too so that's what that's where they're kind of you know just blurring that line is like yeah they're kind of the same um so that being said yes yeah, it's, it's not all deviants don't all look like monsters too. And uh, they also were kind of reiterating that the Eternals and the deviants can live side by side. The Eternals wasn't trying to kill all deviants. The Eternals were killing the deviants that like extra mutated to the point where they were killing other deviants and killing eternals and killing humans like it was those deviants that they were going after the not the, not every single deviant it was just those the extra mutated ones that were killing everyone at least again this is how they were saying in the comics i'm not talking about the movie so if that's how they happen to be uh uh killing you know uh, all these other deviants but they weren't killing all of the regular looking humans or whatever so yeah mutants and, and deviants again very brand new thing but they are very similar so we'll see yeah we'll see for sure like i said i just my 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 overall premise is that mutants already exist so um, well yes they yeah established yeah that like like the whole concept was like how are they going to have mutants appear like they weren't there when helping out. Why were they helping out with Thanos? Why are they here? Why are they here there? I just like whole thing was that the the mutants were always there and they just were kind of hiding out. Um, and we'll see how they end up doing it originally, like as far as their creation goes. Um, my that was just my my theories. And obviously, MCU does so many variations of what the comics do. So it'll be interesting to see how they incorporate their version but it obviously seemingly it looks like that they are going to do where mutants already exist within the mcu and we'll find out i guess in the end how they all come to be for sure all right let's, let's move on and talk we haven't talked much about riri, riri williams i can never say names with yeah, two the r's riri, like riri rory <laughs> i can't say those yeah, it's always a problem. But Riri Williams. Um, so yes, this character. Um, well, again, hated to love it. Now, some you know, whether it's because you read comic books and you just hate her there, or 
you are new to it and you're wondering why is this character randomly building an iron man suit i don't know who she is what what's her deal um yeah I, you know it doesn't really matter how you feel i guess but in general yeah she legit is just an mit student uh, they they didn't directly say it they just had people again they said that she was in boston and they had people wearing mit you know merchandise on campus but they didn't say yes you know she is an mit student she's incredibly smart she's doing everyone's homework she had a little shed in uh on her own uh, on her own stuff and she's building iron man armor um and this scene is a, yeah this scene is a nod to iron man one where when tony is wearing that similar like half-sleeved uh, or no sleeve shirt. I think it was a white shirt in there too. And then he's doing hammering the um, thing. That's a kind of a nod to Iron Man one. Uh, and she's doing essentially the same thing here. And what looks like a cave where Tony was in a cave as well. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, so this is her, her first suit for what it's worth. You know, not a full suit of armor. She didn't have access to vibranium or any uh, any sort of you know, she ain't that rich, you know, not Iron Man rich, you know, but she's able to cobble together something. And like they said, people see her on YouTube uh, flying around. That's me just goofing off in my suit that I built in this garage sort of thing. But she's just been, uh, you know, a low key, super ridiculously smart and just messing around with uh, Stark Tech and other ideas. And we're going to see her more. But, you know, she again, if you didn't know, she does have a Disney Plus show that is coming out next year. So we will be seeing a whole uh, Disney Plus series on Ironheart is what her, her character's name is. Superhero names. You can see the heart on her chest like the arc reactor is shaped as a heart and the heart shape. So that is Ironheart. And we will see more of her. Um, I didn't care for the design. I don't have a picture of the final design. I don't really care for that design yet. I do hope they change it for the series. Um, I do kind of like this one enough, just like a, her her Mark One, if you will. Um, but in general, I, I think she was a good character um, without the the Iron Man suit. Um, just as, in general, like I said, I liked hearing her speak because everyone's with the Wakanda. Uh, accent and then she has she's from Chicago by the way the character is um, so she's she, about, you know, she talks about the bulls about the bulls like you know I'm surprised no one else in, in the audience was like oh she's from Chicago or you know, the bulls came like that's hype you know where yeah. ever, everyone I mean, if she said the bears maybe the bulls aren't as like no she said the right she said the right team if, I guess. if the I writers know. had to pick any team from Chicago, they should have picked the one that has the most championships. Yeah, but I mean, if you live in Chicago, we we, we know that this is a Bears town. So I mean, we can... that's true. That's why she picked the right team because if you also live in Chicago sure. and you root for the Bears, you're in denial. Pick I the mean, Bulls. That's fine. They have six championships and have the greatest player of all time playing on that team, Michael had. Jordan. Had. had. Yeah, and the Bears <laughs> had one, one Super Bowl. 
thing sure. <laughs> 30 years ago. Sure. I love the ago. Bulls. They're my favorite team. I love they're my favorite team and I love the NBA, but the reality is this is a this is a more of a Bears town and people in Chicago care a lot more about the Bears than it is. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm acknowledging that. So that's that. why I'm saying. That's why I'm, I'm acknowledging that. I'm saying there. Chicago fans are delusional. If you keep rooting for the Bears and there's nothing to root for, well, and you could be rooting for the Bulls, and they at least Justin, have a good Justin team. Fields is, Justin Fields is giving a Bears fans something to root for. Finally, yeah. the Bears have a quarterback. But we're not a football podcast, so we're not. I'm, I'm trying to plug your show here, your podcast, and you keep I, talking about the Bears. I'm fine. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Please listen to the podcast of uh, Bulls Gold for Salim and, and your, your partner. For Ed, Bulls coverage, every, yes, listen to our <laughs> podcast for sure. But uh, yeah, so in general, uh, yeah, we'll see more of this character. I liked her, and uh, yeah, it, 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 I liked her more just without the Iron Man or, or her Ironheart armor. But um, again, we'll see what they do because the whole her series is going to be again. They took her armor away from her. She said. You know, it's really sweet, but we can't let you go back home with that. So she doesn't have it anymore. So she will most likely build another suit of armor somehow, uh, whether Wakanda hooks her up with some more vibranium or she does it with steel or she figures something out. I don't know. We'll see. Definitely. Um, I wanted to talk about the uh, last scene with the Mbaku. Mbaku. I, I mean, did you have anything else before we get to that? Um, I don't want to like, skip around too much. I mean, are you talking about the post credits? Because that was not involved. No, 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 not the okay. post credits. Okay. The okay. one of the final scenes in the movie, um, about, like the, when they're doing the ceremony of passing of the mantle or whatever of the yeah. throne, um, and and uh, obviously Shuri does not go. She's like, oh, she's doing something else. She has some other things she wants to do. Um, I can't remember if that was in the part beginning of the post-credit. Well, maybe that's beginning of the post-credit, maybe. But, um, well, I guess we can, so we can wait on that. I don't know if you had anything else you want to talk about before that. Uh, Well, I mean, we we need to talk about Shuri, so, in general, and then that just leads into post-credits, but uh yeah so sure is a black panther we've already said it multiple times um so she took on the mantle she re- she used a 3d printer to recreate the heart-shaped herb uh which was you know reasonable but unexpected <laughs> still DNA. well the dna she got was able to create it so. No, it's more of that she used a 3d printer not that she you know she used the the dna from off of the the fibers from the gift that Namor mm-hmm. gave her to start the process, connect- plus some of the blood from well, T'Challa. She had, she had already gone so far on her own, but she needed more on and what what uh, what Namor gave her uh, was able to. She was able to finish the rest and get like essentially like what was like a ninety nine point eight percent match. Sure. Yeah, but it was more of like. I I knew that was gonna happen, right? She had she had to restore the heart shaped herb. I wasn't right. expecting it to be a three D printer. I was expecting her to to have beakers and and all this stuff, explosions. Oh, like okay, this one will work and chug, and it'll be like a synthetic 
of just the formula of that. I wasn't expecting her to just say, yeah, print it. And then there, here's a heart shaped herb coming out of, you know, a 3d printer, which, you know, again, by the way, you can, you can make food out of 3d printers, yeah. you know, uh, in real life, in real world, people actually do that. I just wasn't expecting that in the movie. By the way, did you know the voice of that, the, the, uh, machine or the, and uh, the, uh, Whatever the and like talking thing, uh, that's Trevor Noah. Um, yeah, okay. That voice, yeah, that's cool. Uh, because it was Groat or I think Groat, Groat or something like that. I can't remember the name they put, but yeah. Yeah, no, I was wondering why I saw his um, why he was at the uh, premiere. I saw his pictures on IMDb. I was like, why? Yeah, yeah, that's he? Trevor yeah, okay. Noah. Trevor Noah did the voice for that. Maybe we'll hear him again. That'd be really cool. Yeah. But yeah, so um, she she recreates a heart shaped herb. They give her the formula with Nakia and and Riri there. She is supposed to be getting buried, but she doesn't want to go through those traditions. She just just strap her down and give her the stuff. She is supposed yeah, to her, also her go to the after. Well, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just saying not not saying not mean it up, but her reasoning is because. Um, if they need to revive her, they need to be able to access her chest because she gives those beads. Mm -hmm. So that's why she doesn't want to be buried. Right, right. And then she's supposed to go to the ancestral plane. She does not. Um, she goes to basically like a the version of the throne room, but just not exactly the same. And yeah. she doesn't see her father. She doesn't see her brother. She sees Killmonger. Mm -hmm. Uh, which was one of those predictable things just because it was rumored a long time ago and people really wanted to see Killmonger come back. But uh, he was still there, and I find that part of the, the movie also interesting because even though it was a predictable thing, the reasoning behind it and how it motivated well, I think her. The predictability uh, of him coming back, but and not I don't think it's predictable that, that that's how he would come back. Like, right. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it, they used this as her. Like, you would think that Killmonger isn't going to be on her side. You would think that mm -hmm. uh, Killmonger doesn't care about her feelings or anything. You know, he's the villain. He's the bad guy. But he, what he did was just give her perspective and also say, like, hey, like, you may love your brother and your father but like consider this like your brother allowed the person that killed your father to get away scot-free like who killed that guy it was me i did that you know uh like because of your you know tr your brother and stuff like i got in there like i got and i became king of wakanda like stuff like that you can't and then it was that vengeance the 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 desire for revenge and vengeance that motivated Shuri to go out and 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 do all the stuff. It wasn't until that Mbaku speech where she and, and also Ramonda, you know, show them who you are. She was just kind of that was is what leveled her out. Um, she wanted just vengeance. She wanted to just kill him. She wanted to just fight um, on the Killmonger side of it, but thinking about what Mbaku said, let's not kill their god. Let's 
not uh, wage war against Solo Khan and then Ramonda remind you know remind her like this is not the type of person that you are. You're not a murderer. You're not this type of uh, uh, you know person that seeks vengeance. So she says so, that to the show him who you are is what right. she also says to T'Challa. Right. So that's what leveled her out, and that's why she let Namor go um, and and tried to reconcile that situation even though she could have easily have killed him given uh that situation but I, I thought that was really an important uh take to to see out of that moment there um but yeah that like using killmonger in that way was what was unexpected but very yeah, well done of, yeah and you kind of see uh her, her her costume is like a mix of her brothers and killmongers um Cause like the gold, like plated, like that's Killmonger. Uh, similar in in that sense. Right, and she designed both of those suits. The the two suits that were in the first movie, mm-hmm. she designed both of them. It was just T'Challa mm-hmm. didn't like the flashiness of the gold, so he went with something a little low key, having right. the more you know silverish stuff. But this I, also I still has the the like the dots. On there right. that are like Shuri as well, so it's it's right. her own design too. But I do think this is symbol symbolism in a sense that like that she chooses this specific suit that's where that says similarities to Killmonger because that side of her is in her, um, in that sense like she's like similar to Killmonger in that sense. Mm-hmm. So I think that was kind of like symbolism in in, in, in certain ways. And that's that's where I want to know um, the next step for her character is that right. is she going to continue to be again because she well, the character that we knew from Black Panther one from Infinity War like that that girl is gone like she's right. she has to be Queen of Wakanda she has to be Black Panther. Again, she may not have all of the technical skills that T'Challa had, or uh, one thing which we did gloss over, um, and I'm glad they did because it's one thing that I've hated about uh, T'Challa slash Shuri is that comic book T'Challa is one of the top smartest people in all right. of the world, but you know, in 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 the MCU, they didn't really care to mention or use that aspect of his character uh whatsoever but in this movie uh they did allude or she did say that you know she'd been very gifted and and smart for a long time since she was young but she got that from her brother brother. is what she said so i'm like okay thank you for acknowledging that t'challa is also really really smart right because he goes to mit too right and if i remember I don't remember. Maybe I was. Maybe I'm not. I, I could be wrong. I thought he does, but yeah. But yeah, like, um, yeah. I want to know what type of person she's going to be going forward, and how she, because again, we're also coming off of Wakanda or the Black first Black Panther, where Wakanda was opening its gates to the world mm-hmm. and trying to have outreach centers and and do all of these different things. Uh, in the world and be more open now with all of this stuff has happened with all of her family's gone and she's she's black panther now she has to make the decision she's 
filled with a little bit of Killmonger and a little bit of T'Challa, a little bit of Ramonda in there. Like, what type of person is she going to be going forward? Um, is she going to want to serve on the Avengers? Like, they weren't. That's another thing. There were no cameos in this movie from any other Avengers yeah, characters. That's kind of, However, that's kind of interesting because. Yeah. No, sorry. I was just gonna say, like, I guess the funeral, like, you would think like people would have, somebody would have showed up for his, uh, like an Avenger or some something like that. But that was interesting that you know that they don't have, even just as a guest for like, just to be there for a scene, just that oh, we came to show our respect for King T'Challa. Mm-hmm. So that was but interesting. One one. The things that uh, we also didn't mention yet uh, was Everett Ross and the Valentina character were apparently they are um, married or divorced. They're divorced now, so or they were divorced in this movie, so they at one point were married. Um, And we end the movie with Everett Ross getting arrested, but he was also freed at the end. But still, uh, yeah. But uh, no, I think it was. Yeah, it was okay. I'm thinking about okay. uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, but yeah, she he was freed at the end. But still, there is now we have a, another connecting bridge of Valentina slash Thunderbolts stuff with now Black Panther, and where are they going to go with that? Because now Everett Ross, he can't just like go back home. He's on. He's he now is a wanted felon, like escaping prison. Yeah, yeah I'm um, guessing also, he's going to go to. Is yeah, he's actually a traitor of, of America because yeah. he, you know, gave away all this information. So right. I, he can't he you know, he can't come back to America unless his name is cleared. So right. there's that. And then what what's Valentina going to do with this information? Uh, how's that going to affect Thunderbolts? So uh, that'll be a little interesting. It wasn't like there's so so much to take from that. It was just the fact that she was in this movie. Uh, was more interesting and has that connection to Everett Ross. So we're not done with either of those characters. I was, I wouldn't be surprised if we were done with Everett Ross, but the fact that they tied him to Valentina now is like, oh yeah, we're definitely not done with him. He's coming back for something, for sure. Um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what 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 happens with him. Um, and like I said, like I'm assuming he's gonna be in Wakanda. Like I can't. Where else would he go? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. well, well, she's just coming and freeing him. And it's like, ah, oh, you just go in the forest. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> We're not like you know. She can't. She has to take him somewhere. So I'm, I'm assuming she's he's going to be under the protection of Wakanda. Um, and yeah, it's going to be interesting. The other thing to see, like you mentioned, like we mentioned earlier, with with um, Namor mentioning how Wakanda is going to need an ally uh so obviously right now wakanda is in a standing where uh the rest of the world wants what wakanda has and obviously wakanda is not going to give them that uh very specifically ramanda mentions it's not that we fear what vibranium can do we fear what you can do with vibranium so um and that's the reason why they don't you know they don't trade vibranium for other goods and things like that just because of the, the, the how strong that metal is and so forth so that's going to be interesting um into phase five and so forth uh what they end up doing with uh that bit 
Alrighty. Um, if that's it, or do you want to do post credits now, or you have something? Yeah, else? yeah. Let's do post credits. So the first part of before we get into the main shocking one, if you will. But like, so they could they kind of Mbaku, um, and we, you know, you you speculate that Shuri the Queen now. Uh, what's going on with the Black Panther? Obviously, she's the Black Panther, but you know that ceremony that they have where they're transitioning the power of Black Panther and somebody takes it and obviously somebody challenges for the throne of Black Panther um, and and Duke Kingston's Mbaku character so you say they're waiting on Shuri but then she comes up he said she's not going to make it essentially she has something else going on and she and then he's like I challenge for the throne oh, that was a little, a little strong there Oh, sorry, <laughs> I, I I challenge for the throne. So like, I mean, I don't know if that's just assumed that he's gonna get the throne because there's nobody else steps up right at that moment. They kind of leave it though, but it's not that it's not that they mean that no one's stepping up to challenge him. But it just they kind of leave it at the end of the scene there. So it kind of makes you think. Okay, so is he gonna be now the ruler of Wakanda, or the king of Wakanda? Is you know, is he also going to be some like obviously? Is he going to be the Black Panther? Because that's essentially what that ritual is for if to to name the new Black Panther, uh, one way or another. It's whether over a duel or someone just you know saying, We're not going to challenge you, you are the Black Panther. Uh, so that's kind of confusing too. So, is he going to also be the Black Panther now? What's going to happen with that? Because technically, Shuri didn't. She didn't like remove the herb from her body. She still has those powers. Um, so yeah, that's that's something that you know. What are your thoughts on that? Like, what do you think that could? They yeah, I don't look that? too much into that. I mean, certainly he could be king, and she just is Black Panther. But I don't think because in that ritual they take away her powers so that for that ritual they would take away her powers so she could fight right. fairly. But right. even in Black Panther 1, T'Challa was already Black Panther before he had that ritual, before T'Chaka died. He was already Black Panther. So it's not like he fought uh, T'Chaka, or at least they didn't show it or say it. He didn't fight T'Chaka to have the right to... Well, that gets passed on her. from lineage. So like if, if, you're, if, you're, if your father was a Black Panther, passes away... It goes to you, but you can still, they still have to do that ceremony. Um, and at that ceremony, people, all the tribes either just say, okay, we allow you to be the Black Panther, or one of us, one of our people will step up to challenge you for the throne. And obviously, in the first one, you see uh, the man ape, um, M'Baku, come to challenge him, and then he loses the challenge, uh, M'Baku, that is. And that's how. Um, you see T'Challa keeping the throne and keeping the mantle of Black Panther. Right, and I'm not saying that you're wrong that that's you know that that's not going to happen in the future uh, with Mbaku. I'm just saying I just don't see it that way. It certainly could happen. Well, I'm speculating. I'm like, what does that yeah. mean? I'm just curious. Yeah, so like, yeah. I must. Yeah, yeah like, it certainly could happen. I just don't see it I'm that kind of way. connecting the dots with what we've seen in the past for that ritual like what does that exactly mean it's interesting 
Yeah, I because always thought was- that, that they were going to do the ritual because I don't even think that M'Baku, like if, if she was there, I don't think M'Baku would have even have challenged her. I think he would have. No, sure. Yeah, but I think he would have just had a respect for her and then just would have gone forward. But I think they just did it as a, oh, this was a ritual thing and she's not there. So I think it was kind of played off for laughs personally how i feel it not to say again i'm not saying that your speculation is wrong or they can't happen that way but i feel like it was just played off for laughs that she's not there because she's doing something else right now and it's important to her they could do that ritual later off camera or uh, again like i don't i don't see him wanting to actually challenge her but he could um you know not to you know it's not, i wouldn't put it past his personality to do so but at the same time i think he's been through enough uh between and then also just sure he's been through enough i think he's gonna like just be chill with it and just continue on but that that's just how i see it but again if it happens and he happens because i i don't under i like i don't want to undersell that he could just at this ceremony not you know say i i challenge the throne and then they just say that he's king but i don't expect him to get the heart-shaped herb either i don't expect shuri to give up the heart-shaped herb just because he she wasn't there and there or i don't expect there to be two black panthers either so i just think he was just just playing it off i think the moment was just playing it off for laughs slash um you know just setting up that she'd rather be because the whole point of her leaving was to go more actually mourn her brother and burn her uh her her funeral garb that she hadn't done yet that was the whole point of her not being there and then setting up the actual uh reveal of the uh, post credit scene with um nakia coming out uh with a young boy then stating that that was actually the son of uh, T'Challa and Nakia, uh, which he, you know, was kept in secret. But apparently Ramonda knew, like, I yeah, guess. She met, she met him. That's what they said. They tell her, uh, Nakia says, because she asked, Shuri asked, did, did, did my mom know? Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, yes, she knew of him and she met him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the, the whole idea, I guess they all agreed, I mean, at least between Nakia and T'Challa, to, that uh, they want to keep their son away from Wakanda, away from the throne and all the pressures of the kingdom and and all of that sort of thing and, and raise him away from that. Um, but they also had a funeral for him, like or their own little private funeral. She didn't show up to the funeral uh, because of their son and okay. because uh they again agreed to just that she shouldn't show up uh between t'challa and nakia uh, so they had their own little thing going on there and, and they're in haiti by the way um yeah. there so this was a remote area just somewhere somewhere away from wakanda um but yeah like that's that's the whole thing and i don't the way i take that post credit scene is it's more of i don't see it as a possible oh they're going to put him on the young avengers or something like that like he's like six or something like that Mm -hmm. five years old um by the time well one like if they're waiting for this kid in particular to grow up old enough to be 
a Black Panther in a Young Avengers setting, it's going to be a long while before mm-hmm. that happens. Um, one. Uh, two, they could go the route of doing something really wacky and crazy that people wouldn't expect and, and have him age up super fast through just a you know time skip or maybe he goes into the future with a time machine and comes back and he's all grown or something stupid like that. Um, I don't expect that. I think this is just more of a one T'Challa's legacy lives on. Two, it is a possible like if Letitia Wright or <clears throat> even Mbaku, maybe they have Winston Duke become maybe he does become Black Panther at some point. But even then, like if it's ten or fifteen years from now and the MCU is still going strong. They can legitimately say that T'Challa is back as Black Panther because as his name is T'Challa, this uh, his son. So they could bring him back and say this young man is now going to be the new Black Panther, replacing whoever is Black Panther at the time. Or maybe, you know, again, we don't know how long Letitia is going to be MCU. She can do one movie. She can do five uh you know whatever it is however long that takes what what you know we don't know the future but i think it's just kind of a a built-in insurance of well if it's still going and we could you know bring back t'challa but not the one that passed away it's just going to be his son and then we're going to have a male black panther named t'challa come back and be in the mcu properly at some point in the future it's just that's, uh, that's how i see it yeah, I tend to agree with you. Um, like, I think this for sure makes it seem, feel like so they're not going to recast T'Challa in general. Like, right. like we were speculating, oh, maybe they'll wait like four or five years. So, but this just sets up that they're not going to actually recast T'Challa because if they recast T'Challa, it's like, wait, <laughs> what was the point of the scene? <laughs> like, you have, like, they, you know, they, it would just completely destroy any. Because especially this movie, it will just completely like discredit this entire movie. It's like, what was mm-hmm. the point of anything? You can't do it now. So I, I think that's established now for sure. That even and like to like to your point, like if MCU is still going strong in 10, 15 years from now, um, at that point, you know, they can always you know time skip in a sense where he's like in instead of being like sixteen, he could be like twenty one, twenty two, or whatever. And he can be the Black Panther, uh, T'Challa, uh, King T'Challa, the Black Panther. Uh, so yeah, I agree with you for sure. Um, interesting. So that kid uh, that you know that ends up being Black, uh, his son. Um, he actually he's actually one of the kids. And when Ramonda goes to Haiti to get Nakia, uh, he's one of the kids that goes to grab get Nakia uh, mm. to like that like, to get her, her attention that someone's here to see her. Um, I don't know if you remember that. No, I wasn't paying that much attention at, at that point. So yeah, I, he, yeah, I didn't really. Yeah, because he looked from like because like, when they showed him, I was like, hey, that's the kid, one of the kids. When Ramonda first gets to Haiti into that school, um, so yeah, that was. So he technically uh, was in the. He had two scenes in the movie. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, um, it's um, possible that she, you know she didn't say anything to him because she probably hadn't seen him since he was a baby, so she didn't recognize how he looks as a however old yeah. he is. 
you know. Right, right. Um, yeah. Um, any other final thoughts as we wrap up here? Um, no, not really. Uh, my only thing is like this whole mutants thing. Like, um, of course, like there's a whole bunch of takeaways for this movie. But um, like I said, I'm, I'm not at a point where I want to rank or like, you know, when we get to the to phase four tier list, I guess I'll have to decide um, what how I feel about the movie but right now i'm not ready to rank it it's just too soon um i do mm -hmm. like it i still i would say in general that i like the first movie better um just overall but they have two different feels so the first movie was a very big cultural impact it was a very cultural movie uh it was important for black culture in general uh mm -hmm. that type of movie is like was groundbreaking but this movie was more uh, emotional movie and i totally get and especially with that comment we had early in the show um i know some people wouldn't like this movie as much or just at all just because of it doesn't have a lot of action in it yes there's fighting right. but this was like i said it was more of an emotional movie um for all of the grief and the loss um and so on a uh, very, very well-written movie, but some people might like Black Adam more because of the punching and the explosions and, and all of that stuff. And if they're right. into that sort of thing and they didn't, they weren't, especially if they weren't heavily invested in the first Black Panther, they're not, this movie isn't going to sell them on Black Panther if, if you weren't into the first one for whatever reason. Um, mm -hmm. So this movie ain't going to like make you a Black Panther fan. You'd have to have liked the first movie at least. Um, so I can see some people not or preferring to, to watch Black Adam over Black Panther, but that to each his own. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I thought Black Adam was entertaining. Um, to me, this is good in a different way. Um, yeah. I, I like this better than Black Adam. Don't get me wrong. But I I, I didn't dislike like I thought Black Adam was entertaining. Um, but they're like there's different they're different movies they're not really i mean obviously they're both comic book movies but mm -hmm. the the setup and the the whole process is just different so uh though definitely that's for sure um but yeah that's that's a wrap for our episode um please obviously if you've missed any previous episodes check us out on the barroom network on youtube and any audio podcast platforms uh that you'd like to use whether that's apple uh spotify stitcher podbean uh, you can also listen to all our other shows like Bulls Gold, like Carl told you to listen to Bulls Gold. Uh, listen to all the Bears content we've got going on right now. Uh, Justin Fields has the city hyped uh, because the Bears finally have a quarterback that's good um, <laughs> for for the first time. And I think, uh, what, Sid Luckman from like... Ever? <laughs> Like, well, I think, well, Sid, Sid Luckman from like 1950, who was a Hall of Famer, I think that's the last time the Bears had a good quarterback. Um, so it's been that long, I guess. <laughs> in, in everyone's lifetime, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically, anyone that is old enough to really remember, I suppose. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, so check out, uh, check out, I guess, everything Barrow has to offer. But yeah, that's a wrap for us today. Uh, appreciate you guys tuning in, and we'll see you guys next time. All right, have a great evening.